Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I am joined by the super lovely Selena Barker today. She's the author of the new book, Burnout. How many of us are reaching that point of burnout or have in the last year or so? It's so, so common, isn't it? We are going to be talking deeply about this topic, about why our culture seems to be so conducive to us burning out and not switching off and feeling exhausted all the time and pushing ourselves. We talk about how to quieten, and this is Selena's term, the shitty committee, aka your inner critic. We talk about the importance of emotional energy and how to balance it. And I don't think this is talked about enough, emotional energy, and how we can be emotionally burned out And she really shares a lot of depth on this topic and what we can do about it. So if you are enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave me a review in Apple Podcasts. It should take about two minutes and it massively helps to spread the word about this podcast and get it out to more people who need this calming influence in their lives. Now, if you're somebody that is at risk of burning out or you've experienced a burnout yourself, chances are your self-talk is likely to be less than ideal. Let's just say that. And so I've created a free resource for you, my confidence affirmations. If you head over to karma-u.com forward slash confidence, you can download my confidence affirmations MP3, which basically trains you to speak to yourself more kindly, more positively. And this has a huge impact on every area of your life. The way that we speak to ourselves makes a huge difference. I'm sure you know this already. So grow and grab that freebie at karma-u.com forward slash confidence. And then let me know what the impact is of listening to that. Send me a DM and let me know. I'd love to hear. So let's get into the interview with Selena Barker. Welcome, Selena. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. I am very much looking forward to this conversation. You were on my podcast probably when I first started it. It was probably like three years ago or something. And we go back quite far. We've done events and stuff together. So it's really nice to get to catch up with you and hear 
what you're creating at the moment. Can you share for people that maybe don't know what it is that you do and, and how did you get to where you are today? I am a life design and career change coach and I have been doing that work for over a decade and I also um, have a podcast the Project Love podcast that I run with Vicky Vicky Pavitt and we talk about what it takes to explore a life relationship and career that you love I've got um, an audible series called The Career Change Coach and I've just written my first book Burnt Out The Exhausted Person's Six-Step Guide to thriving in a fast-paced world. And I'm really excited for the world to get their hands on it. (laughs) Yeah, amazing, amazing. And I've read your book. It's so good. It's so, like, the one thing that struck me is for anyone feeling overwhelmed, the book is very calmly laid out and it's not overwhelming and it's, like, really easy to put into practice, but there's so much richness in there as well. So, so good. Oh, thank you. Good. Yeah. And it's beautiful cover, beautiful yellow and blue cover as well. Can you describe, so the book's called Burnout. Can you describe what is, what is burnout? Let's start there, shall we? Yeah. So burnout is that absolute exhaustion where you're not just exhausted on a physical level, but also often an emotional level, mental level and spiritual level. So there are all sorts of different symptoms that can come with burnout. So obviously you have the physical exhaustion where you're just that bone tired. You can also be really brain frazzled. When I've been burnt out, it feels like a fuse has gone in my brain. So you could be really foggy. You can make a lot more mistakes than you normally would. People sometimes have accidents. People often get ill because their immunity is is much lower. Irritable. You can feel a loss of confidence and start to feel like you can't do the job that you were once able to do really well or that you don't enjoy a job that you once used to enjoy. If you're really depleted on the emotional level, you can get a real loss of compassion. And that happens a lot for frontline workers, people in caring professions who so get compassion fatigue. So someone who was once really caring is now feeling quite resentful of the people they're supposed to be caring for. That can also happen a lot to parents who are burnt out. Procrastination, pessimism, crying suddenly for you know small little things. But ultimately, it's it's kind of that feeling that you can't cope anymore with what you've got going on in your life. So it's more than just, someone asked me the other day, what's the difference between just feeling really tired and burnt out? And when we're really burnt out, first of all, it's been going on for, for quite a long period of time, but also it comes with a feeling of real powerlessness and helplessness and a feeling like you just cannot cope anymore. And some people can get really scared feeling like, what, what is happening to me? You know, I don't recognize who I am anymore. This isn't the person that I used to be. So it can be quite a scary, scary experience, but you also have burnout to different degrees. So what I, what I discovered was some people have really big burnouts where they're signed off work for a few months. Other people, which is like myself, will have sort of periodically have mini burnouts. So I went through a few a few years of having these mini burnouts about every two to three months. I would go too fast, overdo it, burn myself out, need a couple of weeks to recover and then get going again, Good overdo it, burn myself out after another couple of months and so on. And other people that I've, because I, I interviewed and, and got people answering a survey, hundreds of people, other people can feel like they've been living from a state of burnout for years or on the brink of burnout for years. So 
with everyone, it, it can be a different kind of cocktail of, of symptoms. But what everyone can relate to is the feeling of being completely and utterly exhausted. Sounds really horrible when you describe it as kind of your boat, you're tired to your bones, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and feeling like you can't cope with things. Yeah, it does sound really scary. What, what is it about our culture that means that this is such a common thing now? What's what, How do we get ourselves into this, this kind of mess? <laughs> do you know what? Thank you so much for saying that there's a richness to the book because I really went into such depth of trying to kind of figure out like what is going on here, but then also trying to make it really simple so that a really burnt out, overwhelmed mind could you know, take in the information in bite-sized pieces. But as I really looked into this, I really got into like the, and actually this doesn't even go so, too much into the book, but I really got into yin, yin and yang and realizing that we are a society, most modern societies are completely obsessed with yang energy. So progress, productivity, faster, moving forward, action, 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 light, positivity, enthusiasm, excitement, all of these things. As I was reading it, I was like, I am so yang, which I've always known. And that's always been my struggle of actually, you know, taking those moments for stillness and rest and recovery. And we resist and we reject that yin, that stillness, the not doing the the darker emotions, the inaction and that stillness and that rest. And we are a society that's, you know, nowadays we can literally be switched on 24-7. We can have the lights on all the time. We've got the our smartphones now that mean we can be connected 24-7. That's a huge problem with our work culture. We have a really, the, the, today's traditional work culture is really toxic. You know, our whole, and what, and also what I realized was, our notions of productivity and what we need to do to really get ahead and really do our best work are so wrong. Actually, the ingredients we need to thrive and feel good in our bodies are the ingredients we need to be at our most productive. So for example, there's loads of research that shows that people who take a break from their work every hour and a half on average, take a sort of five to 20 minute break, are far more productive at the end of the day than their colleagues who valiantly power on and miss lunch and never get up from their desk because they're, you know, working fast and furious, they can't possibly miss a second. Actually, those people, as they go, you know, as they work through to the day, their IQ is dropping, they're getting more and more stressed, they're, they're getting into fight or flight mode, they're getting more anxious, they're not able to think so clearly, they're not able to use such good judgment because they're not actually taking the time to stop, rest, recharge their batteries and clear their head and get back to work again. But, you know, in our society, that the idea of productivity is that you just don't stop, you know, and there's that urgency, that sort of urgency and sort of panicked state of kind of work, I think is really celebrated. And we see it a lot on the screen and we see it, you know, particularly, I don't know why I'm thinking of like 80s power suits, mobile phones, you know, ringing all the time. But I think we are still really stuck in this narrative about work and hustle, 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 and that that's how you get ahead and and that's how you progress. And I think yeah, we're a society that's so obsessed with it. I'm actually surprised. I mean, I'm more surprised that there aren't more people burning out, you know, when you look at how we work and our narratives around what is required to do our best work and to get ahead because they are so unhealthy 
And I think that's a large part of what's what's causing us to burn out. I think also, you know, we're in we're in an unfair and unjust society. And for a lot of people, the world of work isn't designed for them to thrive. So systemic racism, the patriarchy, you know, all, all forms of discrimination, these really also pile on a lot of pressure and a lot of stress and a lot of sort of trauma in the workplace. But then also you can look at the fact that we're really not that good at looking after ourselves. So mm. it's a real, there's so many different, and obviously for everyone, again, in the same way you get these different symptoms for burnout, you also have everyone has different factors that are causing them to burn out. So when I was burning out, I was my own boss. So I couldn't blame my toxic, the toxic work culture of my organization. I couldn't blame my crappy boss, whereas many people can. That can be the reason that, you know, largely the reason they burn out. The reason I was burning out was because I was the crappy boss to myself. And I was, I was, you know, I brought that toxic approach to work into, you know, the workplace of my own making and I had no notion of how to look after myself. Like I did it, well-being was something that other people did. I didn't think I needed to. I didn't value it. This was a long time ago, by the way. This is about seven years ago. But I also just didn't understand how to look after myself. I'd never been taught it. People around me weren't particularly looking after themselves very well. So that was that was the biggest factor for me. But a lot of people, it's you know, it's, it's also outside pressures. So when I, so in the book, I look at three main areas. One is your inner, what I call your inner shitty committee, the inner critic and what that, what kind of narratives that is sort of feeding you and how loud it is. Cause if you have a really loud shitty committee and it's pretty much 24 seven accompanying you throughout the day, then pretty much guaranteed that you're going to end up burning out because it's just constantly piling on the pressure then you have, then I look at managing your energy. Do you know how to manage your energy? Are you managing your energy so that you're topping your energy up throughout the day? And so that's where it really breaks it down into bite-sized pieces. You can start to identify the areas where you're like, oh, okay, I'm not doing that at all. So that could be one of the pieces that's missing. Because I did find, as I spoke to people who'd recovered from burnout, yes, yeah, sometimes it takes changing your job, firing your horrible narcissistic boss. Sometimes people even change career because the career just isn't, it's just not doing it for them or they decide mm. to leave and, and start up on their own. So they have more autonomy or more flexibility. But for some people, a lot of people, actually, it was small changes that made a huge difference. And for a lot of them, it was exercise. So I do talk about that in the book, about how I resisted exercise myself for a large part of my adult life. And in writing this book, realize how powerful exercise is for managing your energy, but also things like not drinking so much alcohol. You know, the, the cycle of alcohol to wind down and help you fall asleep at night. And then the caffeine you need to take in the morning to help wake you up because you've had a bad night of sleep and you're feeling sluggish after the alcohol and this kind of cycle so for some people that can be, you know, the huge game changer. And that's why it was quite a challenging and enjoyable, an enjoyable challenge, but challenging writing a book when people are, are coming at it from, you know, different starting points. But the final piece I look at is if you realize there are some real outside factors, you're not in an environment that is allowing you to thrive, then maybe it's time for bigger change on the outside, like changing your job or changing your career. So... Yeah. 
that's the journey. It's kind of a choose your own adventure type book. Good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, People are going to have different reasons for getting burned out. And I think it's quite reassuring to know that people don't necessarily have to like quit their job, completely overhaul their lives. If they're burned out, there are small things that they can do to make changes and manage things. Yeah. Um, It's really interesting what you're saying about the yin and the yang. And it's such a shame. I always think it's like, one of the worst things that we don't allow ourselves to rest or we don't really value play or sleep no, or <laughs> having fun and these things that really make us happy for some reason. Yeah. We, it's embedded. I notice it in myself, like feeling guilty for relaxing or taking time off sometimes or yeah. um, if I'm not productive enough on a certain day, beating myself about, up about that. And it's like, that can just slowly eat away at you and kind of ruin your life basically uh yeah sustained yeah exactly that pressure and it's also the other thing is we're so seasonal and we we have human beings have this rhythm so many rhythms going on inside them and we we treat ourselves like machines that should be operating at the same consistent consistency throughout the day throughout the week throughout the month throughout the year now if you've got a womb and you're menstruating you know that you you you're you've got these your energy levels go up and down depending on your menstrual cycle i get really affected by the seasons there's no way i have the same energy in winter that i do in spring and the summer like winter i just i want to snuggle i want to hibernate if i was putting the kind of pressure on myself to be as productive in the winter as I am, for example, now in the spring, it would be, it would just be too much pressure. And I'd be, I'd feel like I was letting myself down. I'd be forcing myself, pushing myself. And that's when you're forcing yourself and pushing yourself like that, that's when you start to, the stress starts to kick in. You start to panic. You start to feel like, okay, I'm not doing well enough. And things start to feel urgent. And as soon as we get into that state of distress, so I also looked into the the different kinds of stress. There's the good stress, the eustress, but then there's the 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 stress that where you know we get flooded with adrenaline and our cortisol level goes up. We basically go into fight, flight, or freeze mode, and that's when we're in trouble because that's when your IQ drops. That's when you can't make such good judgments. That's when you're in a state of panic, and that's supposed to be like for you know breaking case of emergency moments of stress when there's like a child walking in front of oncoming traffic, not because you got to meet a deadline or because you want to make a good impression in a meeting. And we're in this constant state of stress. And I found, you know, I used to, when I, when I used to, when I used to go into, into London before we all got locked down and I'd go into London Bridge. And as soon as I got there, the sense of urgency of everyone, and I could feel myself getting whipped into this frenzy and I was just like, it does. It almost doesn't matter where you're going. It's like everyone's acting urgent. Everyone's, and I just thought, wow, the moment people just even on their commute, there's this sense of urgency that's going on. And I think that's, I think that's a huge problem. And again, yeah, it's that yin, that slow yin energy and the play and the rest and people consider it to be frivolous they consider it to be things that you know okay that's all right if you're a child or all right if you don't have responsibilities but if you're a grown adult then it's time to get serious and get sensible and so there's just this huge rejection of these things and there's so we get so much power from the rest you know and from switching off and I think the other thing is that people 
people really struggle to switch off you know, particularly now because we've got smartphones, they struggle to switch off in the evening, they struggle to switch off on the weekends. And you also find that they are a lot of really bad work practices where colleagues are, you know, regularly contacted at 10pm at night about a work question, or, you know, on the weekend, and they're expected to answer it. So they can't switch off. And the problem is that then you don't recharge your batteries, but also you don't allow your brilliant right side of your brain to take over with the problem solving and the creativity you know that's why we get so many aha moments and light bulb moments where when we're in the shower or Mm. we're sort of walking out in nature because we're allowing our left side brain to kind of calm down and our right side brain is is doing all its magic and that's where all the intuition happens and all the creativity so I think often these things like rest switching off it's seen a bit as like dead time or like unproductive time. And so if you really value productivity, it's a bit like wasted time. But actually, even if you do really value productivity, it, you need to start recognizing that the rest time and the recharge time and the switching off and the having fun is really essential for you to be in your full power. Like that's how you get into your full power. And it's quite important to be talking about that to people who burn out because they usually are very ambitious, smart, caring people, but they do have a drive to them, which is often why they burnt out. So you do kind of have to appeal to that, a little bit to their ego, which is why I talk about managing energy, Olympic athlete mm. style versus let's talk about self-care because most people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I should be better at looking after myself. <laughs> I would have them in, in the survey, they would answer the things that, they they knew would help them, the things that they knew would help them to feel better. And then the next question was, which of those things are you doing right now? And invariably, they would say, well, to be honest, I'm not doing any of them. So they knew the self-care thing wasn't enough. They knew what they needed to do, but they weren't motivated enough to do it. But if you start telling ambitious, caring people how to manage their energy so they can do their best work, be there for the people they love and care for, then they're suddenly interested because now it's tied in, you know, then the ego's on board as well. And I think yeah. sometimes we do need to get the ego on board. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Makes life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, is it that we kind of hang our self-worth on how productive we are or what we're achieving? And that's, and it's like, if we're not doing that, it can be like, people can lose their sense of who they are or they don't, yeah, they don't feel good about themselves or something. So that can be a reason why we push yeah. through when we're starting to feel burnout, we continue to push through because it's literally like our sense of self is kind of hooked onto what we're doing or what we're achieving. Yeah, massively outside achievement. And that's what we, you know, we're taught to, that's what in, in our, you know, our current society, that is what's valued is outside achievement. That is how a person is valued not the growth on the inside. I mean, that is definitely starting to change with the growth of self-development, which is which is really amazing because a couple of generations ago, it was barely a whisper of it and it's really starting to grow. But still, it, even if you read lots of self-help books and you do self-development and you you know the importance of those intrinsic values and you know, growth on the inside, we are still so hardwired to judge ourselves and we know how society judges us 
for our outside achievements and our possessions and our popularity and our status at work. You know, I've worked with people helping them change career for well over 10 years. And one of the hardest things for people when they realize this is no longer the career for them is when it's a career that's really given them a sense of status in the world. Because they're like, without that, what do I do when I go to a party and someone says to me, so what do you do? And I can no longer say I'm this impressive role. It's just like, yeah, Mm -hmm. scary, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so, but I think that absolutely that we, we, we are hardwired at the moment to value out like productivity, value ourselves based on our productivity. And so it does take a lot of, a lot of work and you, I know you, you work with people with this stuff. It takes a lot of work to, first of all, undo the narratives, unpack the narratives around, you know, so what, what am I saying? What's that shitty committee saying about how productive I need to be and where I should be by this age, you know, as well. And, and how I should be able to manage everything that I'm doing. Um, and yeah, just kind of starting to question that and starting to value the the inner stuff which again is the yin Mm -hmm. you know that Mm -hmm. outward projection that's the yang that productivity it's it's we are so obsessed with it we're obsessed with the productivity and the progress and reject the rest and the stillness and the inner world and that is starting to shift and change slowly but surely but we're still a long way off what advice would you have for somebody that really recognizes their shitty committee that is extremely loud and boisterous. And do, is there anything practical that you can suggest people can do about that? Yeah. The thing that I always get people to do, and I have an exercise in the book for it, is to just write down some of the things that you know your shitty committee is saying kind of on repeat. And you can sort of ask it, okay, what does my shitty committee think about where I should be in my life right now? What does my shitty committee think about, you know, if I weren't to meet that really, really tight and unrealistic deadline that I've been given at work? Like if I didn't achieve that, what would my shitty committee tell tell me that meant about me or the repercussions of that? And you start to write these things out. It's You will feel a little bit worse at first. (laughs) So it's like the idea is you turn the volume up on the shitty committee to hear what it's saying. And then just take, just take a moment to get the impact of how you saying that to yourself all the time, even if you're not really conscious of it, is there in the background, whirling round and round, the impact that must be having on you and the urgency and the pressure it must be piling on you. But then you look at each of those things that your shitty committee is saying and you find an argument to disprove it. You find evidence to prove actually that's not necessarily the case or actually that's wrong. And this is the thing, your shitty committee is constantly pointing out evidence to prove itself right. And so you now need to find a piece of evidence to prove it wrong. So it could be, if you don't hand in that work on that day, then they will think you're hopeless, you'll be a failure, you know, you'll get fired. But your argument could be, hold on a second, wouldn't it be much better to go and speak to them now and say, listen, to do the, to give you the best results for this piece of work, I'm going to need an, a, another couple of days. And then so that you can deliver the best work rather than trying to meet that deadline and not doing the best work. So sometimes you can, you just need to have a bit of a chat with your shitty committee. The other mm-hmm. fun thing to do is you take that long list of things that your shitty committee is saying 
and imagine it's being said by a tiny little Disney character. I quite like Daffy Duck or Donald Duck. (laughs) And imagine they're saying it now. So now suddenly these evil, mean, sinister stuff that's, you know, inside this sort of cruel, shitty committee is now being said in this sort of silly, ridiculous Disney character way. And it sort of brings a silliness and a lightness to it. And all of these things help to start disempower that voice inside your head. The other thing I then get people to do is turn up the volume of what I call your inner wise cheerleader. So it's that really loving, supportive voice that we also all have within us. But most of us just use that voice for the people that we love and the people that we want to support and empower and don't often turn that voice in on ourselves. And it can feel weird to do it at first. It can feel a bit alien. But if the one of the ways I like to do it is to imagine that my old, wise, 80-year-old self is sending a message back to me, a message of love and support. And so I'll write that out to myself. And I'm just saying the, the words that I really want to hear. And it really, really works. And so that, mm-hmm. so doing that, and then that helps to start getting you into, so, so then when you, next time you sort of got a challenge or you're feeling stressed out, allow that voice, think what would that, my what inner wise cheerleader say to me right now? It would probably say, step away from the computer, take a five minute time out, use some of those tools and burnt out <laughs> that help you to calm down and come back to this, take a 10 minute break, go for a walk. You know, and the thing is, once we start tuning into that loving, supportive voice that does exist within us, we do know how to look after ourselves. And once we start listening to our body, we do know how to look after our body. But that, it does take time. It's not an overnight quick fix. Like it took me many years of therapy to start really turning the volume down on my own very harsh, shitty committee. So I know what that journey is like, but learning to turn the volume up on my inner wise cheerleader has been so life-changing. It's been such a huge part of my self-love journey and and one of the reasons why Vicky and I started Project Love six years ago now, I think it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. So, so useful. And yeah, defy anyone to imagine, you know, Daffy Duck saying you're not good enough or something and not find it a bit silly or laugh to yourself or smile and and it just can take the edge off definitely um so good one of the things I think we started talking about this before we started recording we were talking about emotional energy and kind of Mm. like emotional burnout and I think you were saying about how with the pandemic you know that's a big part of why people are so burned out and I think we don't necessarily talk about emotional energy. It's not something that I hear people talking about that much, really. Can you yeah. share a bit about that and how how that might have been impacted by the last year that we've had? And um, yeah, a bit about emotional energy. Yeah. So in, in sort of researching the book and, and wanting to find tools that would really help people, I discovered Tony Schwartz and Jim Lower who talk about managing your energy and they look at it in physical energy, emotional energy, mental energy, and spiritual energy. And it totally blew my mind open and suddenly made so much sense and helped me to understand my own energy. And it it honestly has been the biggest game changer for me is now understanding how our energy works as human beings and how to keep that energy filled up. 
And so the emotional energy is the one that I've really found during lockdown has been the thing that where people have really felt most depleted. So emotional energy gets drained from giving. So overgivers, I talk about these different burnout archetypes, and one of them is the overgiver. So someone who's giving and giving and giving, and that could be through their work, at home, with their friends. It's people who think they have a bottomless pit of energy and attention to give to people will often overextend themselves, say yes when they really need to say no, and their energy will be depleted. And those are the ones that, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. They're the ones that they know it, but they just, they can't help themselves with doing it. So it's overgiving will deplete your, will deplete your cup. But so too will feeling the sort of heavier, darker emotions, but not processing them, not acknowledging them and trying to suppress them. And so, you know, having a year of trying to trying to get on with our lives and you know I'd hear a lot of people kind of saying well you know I'm I'm one of the lucky ones it's not too bad for me and I'd noticed with those people is that they were still experiencing a lot of the anxiety and the uncertainty and the fear um, and the worries and the concerns but we're trying to just ignore it, brush it under the carpet because they felt like, well, I'm not a frontline worker. I haven't got someone who's, you know, ill with COVID in hospital. I haven't, you know, I haven't lost my job. And so they would just sort of try and suppress those feelings. But if you keep that, those feelings don't go anywhere. If anything, the more you suppress them, the more they will drain at your emotional energy. And so my, my constant advice to people was feel your feelings Stop saying, I'm just one of the lucky ones. Stop. We have to stop normalizing this. This isn't okay. This is really hard. It's great if you have some good days. That's wonderful. But even, I mean, my, the, I, I started your anxiety course, Chloe, because I realized that on the surface I was fine, but my dreams, and I'm sure you said this in one of your emails that went out, my COVID dreams were for, but for months I was living through tsunamis or it was always water, which is, you know, the emotional symbol Mm -hmm. in our dreams, tsunamis, huge storms, just like being lost at sea, just constantly these big dramas going on in my dreams, which suggested that while on the surface, I seemed to be coping fine with it all underneath, I was obviously absorbing a lot of the the anxiety, the the doubts and, you know, the fears and everything that was going on. And so, yeah, feeling your feelings, acknowledging your feelings, really taking the time to check in with how you're doing. And we struggle to even identify how we feel, which is, which is often part of the problem. So, you know, I create a a sort of emotional check-in tool that I used so much during lockdown and during the whole, and, you know, continue to use during the global pandemic to check in with myself. But the other thing that really helps to fill up your cup is things like we were talking about before, play, joy, laughter, simple pleasures, the things that lift your spirits. So you can want to really be there for people and be caring and giving. That's great. But you need to there, if you're going to be that person that's often you know really there for others and gives a lot, you need to balance it out with a huge amount of self-love and self-care and looking after yourself and checking with on how you're doing. Because the problem with overgivers is they tend to be there for everyone else. They tend to give everyone else their inner wise cheerleader, but don't turn it in on, on themselves. So it's just, it's, and it's with all the energy with, with the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, 
it's, it's, you need to use it as well as fill yourself up. So equally, it's not about going, well, if I just don't look after anyone or care about anyone, then I can maintain my, my, my emotional energy. You need to be, it needs to kind of flow. It is like water. It needs to flow in and out. It needs to be used to, to sort of, so it doesn't stagnate. So some people who don't have, um, close connections with people who tend to keep themselves to themselves. So who's kind of shut themselves off, their cup can run dry because they're not allowing that flow of, of love and connection in and out. So, yeah, I think that's, I definitely feel that what people are experiencing and have been experiencing during the, during this global pandemic is, is largely emotional burnout for sure. It's really interesting when you're saying that a lot of people don't, don't realize when it's happening or don't, you know, don't even yeah. know how to take care of themselves or how to fill their own cup or how to do self care. It's like we yeah. need to, there's like a lot of, um, practice, I think, and learning about this and coming back to things again and again and reminding ourselves constantly about why this yeah. is important and why we should do these things. It's not necessarily yeah. something that's like overnight. We kind of just realize necessarily. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it happens like that, but quite often it's a, it's a, a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. Yeah, definitely. Nearly always a journey. And I have, I have to say the ones that I really, we've really learned from when it comes to managing your energy is, you know, in the sports world. So Tony Schwartz and Jim Lower, who I really sort of learned from, from their book, The Powerful Engagement, they used to train tennis champions. And so I was just like, well, of course, these are people, the people to teach us about how to manage your energy. And, and ultimately burnout, the reason I got to that was that burnout is an energy crisis. You're completely depleted of energy and you, you just can't, there's no matter, you know, a night of having a bubble bath and an early night doesn't even touch the sides. Like it's a real depletion of energy. And so I thought, well, who are the people who are masters of managing their energy? And I was just like, it's the, it's the Olympic athletes and it's the, the, you know, sports champions, you know, and I always use the example of Serena Williams. She can't turn up to a match feeling a bit, she's got to turn up on full power. So they, of course, they've invested a lot of time and research into understanding, you know, how to do that. So yeah, that's where I got a lot of my, my learnings. And and so a lot of that, this stuff is out there, but we need to be, everyone needs to be able to access, you know, the, the learnings and the knowledge that help us to really look after ourselves. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything you shared. Is there any kind of final message that you'd want to leave people with on this, on this topic? Oh, I think just to say that often we don't realize when we're burnt out that we're burnt out, particularly if it's the first time it's ever happened to you. And the feelings of hopelessness and helplessness and often cynicism, and particularly if you've been a positive person and you're feeling really cynical, or if you're normally a really caring person and you're feeling really resentful, that can feel so upsetting and so isolating. And, but I promise you that really simple steps can start to help you reclaim your energy. And as you do start to learn what you need to do to help start filling up those cups again, you will start to feel back to normal and you will start to feel like your old self returning. And it can take time 
So go slowly, but there are absolutely things that you can do. And like we said before, it doesn't have to be a huge career change. In fact, right at the start of the book, I say, if you're really burnt out right now, don't do not go thinking about big, making big life changes. Like this is not the time because sometimes people think it's the career. It's this, you know, this, this job that I'm doing, this career that I'm doing, this is the problem. But actually sometimes when I work with them to get their energy back up, they'll realize, actually, do you know what? I do, st- I do actually enjoy this work. Maybe they want to do it in a slightly different way. Maybe they want to, you know, change it up a bit, have more autonomy, have more flexibility, have fewer hours working. It can be things like that, but it's, yeah, don't, don't panic. It doesn't actually have to take huge, big life changes to recover your energy and feel like you're back and enjoying life. Sometimes it can be the real, the simple stuff. Mm, Yeah, that's so good to know. Thank you so much. So, so interesting and such an important topic now, I think more than ever. Where can people find out about you, what you're offering, anything that you're, yeah, doing at the moment? Where can people find, find your good stuff? So best place to go to is selinabarker.com to find out all the different things that I'm up to. Also Selena the coach on Instagram. And then I have, well, I now actually have two podcasts. I've got the Project Love podcast, but I also do now every Monday, a Monday crew podcast to help people step into the week with a boost of motivation. And you also get to do a little weekly Monday motivation check-in which I've been doing now since October. And it's just, it's such a good way to step into the week, just remembering what's important to you and and grounding yourself in in how you want to feel and doing a bit of that emotional check-in stuff as well. But that's all over on selinabarker.com. You can find out about that there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been so good talking to you. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Bretheridge. Don't forget you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one-on-one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.